Hello, everybody. Hello. Um, welcome to this week's Pigeon Verite podcast. I'm your host, Theo Black. I'm Sarah Black. The other host. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is our last uh, week of 2020 catch-up movies. We I, mostly this was like a month of like I didn't really want to figure anything out. So let's just watch some movies that we missed from the year. Um, for those it's curious, still involved figuring things out, but that's fine. Yeah, but much it's much more low key than like planning out like the Marilyn Monroe movies. I mean, it's not that it's really that hard. I'm just being lazy, even lazier than lazy. Okay. Uh, so the first movie we're going to talk about, let's just jump right into it, is Palm Springs. Yay! So we're going to spoil the crap out of this and any other movie we mention. And these are newer movies than we usually talk about. So yes. like, be forewarned. Palm Springs Palm did come out earlier this year. It's been out for a little while, but it's not like a Marilyn Monroe movie that's 60 years old. And I just don't feel that guilty if I spoil it for you. <laughs> yes, I think Palm Springs came out in the summer. I'm not sure. It's been a couple months. Yeah, I can't remember. This whole year is a blur. Yeah. Um, okay, so you you wanted to cold open on a question, I think. Oh, kind of, but do you want? I think we could do the synopsis first. So do you oh, want to do the synopsis or should I? I will do the synopsis, and the synopsis itself is a bit of a spoiler. Except if you've seen the trailer, you know what you're getting yourself into. But it is Groundhog Day, so we're in a time loop. Except that instead of Bill Murray and uh, what's her name. Bill Murray and that other actress. It is Andy Samberg and uh, Andy Samberg and what is her name? Shoot, Andy Samberg and Christine, Kristen Milioti. I'm not sure I'm saying that right. Uh, and so Andy Samberg has been trapped in a time loop for a while and it doesn't take, I mean, not everybody will notice, but you notice it in the first scenes that he definitely knows everything that's going on. And he's trying to woo the character that Christine Millet, Millet, Milioti is playing. And unfortunately, circumstances happen that he gets her stuck in the time loop. And now it's two people stuck in the time loop, except there's a third person because Andy Samberg's character, Niles, made a mistake in a previous loop. He is not even sure how long he's been caught in it. He's been there so long. It's a wedding and he has a girl that he's with that isn't very loving and Christine Milioti and the character name for her is Sarah. Sarah. Hey, with an H. Uh, and she uh, keeps waking up to like a really unfortunate morning and it's about them dealing with stuff and romance and something about maybe becoming a better person. I don't know. It's a time loop comedy movie. That's got some hard and some fun rom-com stuff going on. So my, cold, my cold open question for you is, in the broadest possible terms, which is mostly like, how much did I like it? How much do you think I like this movie? <sighs> that is a good question. It's a rom-com, kind of. I mean, like, is it a rom-com? I feel like it's a rom-com. It's, I don't know how much you like Groundhog's Day. I want to believe that you liked this movie. It's kind of because it's kind of about love, but it's also, you know, fluffy and, you know, stuff like that. I don't know. I'm going to go with like a six or a seven out of ten. 
That's actually not too bad. I feel like this is the kind, and you know, your phone is like buzzing. Into oh, I, I flipped it on the table. Whoops. <laughs> um, I feel like this is the kind of movie, this is like, it's not as bad as Jesus Christ Superstar, where you're like, Sarah likes musicals. This is a musical. Therefore, Sarah must like this. And it's like that kind of movie where, where people who don't like that genre will see it. And think that someone who does like that genre will automatically like it because they like all films of that genre. I feel like Palm Springs right. falls into that land where people who aren't particularly well versed in in Sisyphean horror, as I like to call it, which is where you're stuck right. in a time loop, and right. rom coms will see this and be like, "Oh yeah, Sarah's gonna love it," and it was fine. It was okay. I was <laughs> I would say that I thought yeah, probably a six is accurate. I didn't I didn't think you'd love it. It's not it's not really that good the thing is okay i have i have like a sentence to say about this movie and believe it or not that may be like the only thing i say about it but mm -hmm. like it's the kind of movie where like it's fun it's fluffy it does some funny things i laughed i'm not good at comedy it's not really a theo movie ultimately i'm left with a like well it's good i don't really have a lot of complaints i don't think it did anything super poorly at the same time i think it was shooting for like a 60% average and it kind of made a 60% average. Like it's not a lot of movie. It's not trying to say anything big about life. 60%, you know what? That's fine. That's kind well, of my statement on the it's movie. It's got like a 94 on Rotten Tomatoes. So yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's out of people who liked it. But I mean, like if yeah. a movie, like if you know how in, in like gymnastics in the Olympics, like you can only make a certain amount of points based on the moves you do. Like this yeah. movie is only doing enough moves to right. get like a six out of 10. Right. I I agree. I completely agree. I think, but it does strike me as like, it's trying to hit people who don't look for Sisyphean horror, you know, so those people will be like, wow, this is so interesting and different. And that's why it has like a 94 on Rotten Tomatoes, whereas really it's like not a very good rom-com combined with an okay Sisyphean horror like that is what it is to me because and I I enjoyed it but it was way lighter and fluffier than I wanted <laughs> so first to address I'm gonna go off because you say you just have one sentence I'm, not I'm here off, I was I, I've actually I have, been I, have I knew you would have thoughts I want to hear your thoughts <laughs> so first as far as Sisyphean horror goes I like the kind of nihilistic to existential aspect of it where they are kind of like, well, what's the point? Well, but what's the point of life anyway? Kind of questions. Right. Um, you know, and she's waking up to this horrible morning, but I never really felt it for one thing. Like the horror, like she seemed kind of screwed up maybe, you know, but, and I think a lot of that and a lot of what, what kind of falls over into the rom-com not quite working is that like all the characters that aren't them are very, very shallow. So, yeah, you know, much. there's this cathartic moment with her sister that I don't feel is earned because we've barely seen her sister. Like, there are these funny kind of implications, but you don't ever, there's no scenes the, the, um, with them. So, like, the, the, the existential horror of it is pretty, like, I'm not feeling anything that strongly. So, if we're going to really explore that, it was too light for that. So then, you know, most of these Sisyphean horror, there's, it's like, 
you kind of either have to escape it somehow in, in like a physical sense of like physically leaving the area where this is occurring or you have to like prove yourself to be a better human being, right? You have to achieve, there's like some specific goal to achieve that will get you out of this loop, which right. is more, um, this one kind of goes for science as the way out, but it's what, <laughs> like it made it kind of meaningless. Cause it's just like, she talked to a guy on Skype for a while and they figured out how to do it. So it was kind of like, on one hand, I'm like, I like the notion that like, this is some kind of scientific thing that's occurred, but it, it just feels kind of hollow. So, so what's the point of them being in the Sisyphean circle? Like what's, it, it's a story. <laughs> like, so what, so what does her using science to get out Say about her like no see see so here's I mean, it was kind of like her taking control of her life you know that that was kind of out of control but uh... that's that that was my end point to that <laughs> the thing is i think you're you're giving i think you're basically accurate you're giving a little bit of a short shrift i guess or whatever that phrase is to this like you get a few moments with the sister like not a lot, but like across the various, you know, many iterations of the day that you see, like you get, you, you see the sister and, and um, I don't know, I kind of like, you don't really get a lot of character, but you get just enough where I'm like, oh, that's cute. There's nothing there, but it's but that's cute. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's terrible, but if it's like, if there's this cathartic moment with her and her sister, as, so as a what? <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it is totally so it's white. cute it's but it's not anything more like no well so there's there's i think you might be missing like maybe one or two things here one not that some things you're missing but things that i think this movie is doing that well, are, i haven't are, gotten to the rom-com criticism yet so are the person who figures it out is the woman and she does it by learning science yeah which is go something team. that feels Go, go team go. woman in science. I don't this watch is a group, hidden is, figures this is... if that's what you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hidden figures is is pretty good. It's it's one of those like go girl boss moments, I guess. I actually kind of like that because it it's kind of just as like an idea. It doesn't really work as a part of the story. I think you're right. It's like I don't know why science. But I think I kind of liked it. Applies to most of the film. Like I wish they'd done a little something deeper with it than they did. I kind of liked it. Like I I'm not saying I hated it. it. I'm not saying it didn't work at all. I'm saying well, the whole the whole that movie. was half baked. The Basically, whole yeah. Half-baked. The whole movie is like I kind of liked it. <laughs> yeah, it's it, you're well, right. My that problem is, really... is that like these are like. On paper, Sisyphean nightmare plus rom-com is like, I should love it is my problem. Like, that's why I'm coming down a little hard on it. Because no, like, that, that, that's like, I could, you know, you know, I've seen as many of these stuck in a circle films as I can. So like, I am a yeah. connoisseur is what I'm saying. Well, yeah, you liked Mother, which is sort of uh, <laughs> related yeah. to this. You like, I mean, there's that one movie that I still haven't seen Triangle or something. Haven't you you've seen half of that? I've seen Haven't like you? the last half of it, I think. Yeah. So I know you've you've seen these and it just there's an amusing aspect to it where there is a Sisyphean horror where like Andy Samberg's character Niles is like, I don't even remember what I did for a job before this. Like he's been right, lost. But then what did he say at the end of the film? He said, I have to go pick up my dog. Right. So you remember your dog, but not your job. Like, so that's where like that's where it's like it felt like they had this cute idea but they didn't think about like 
how would that affect like i loved it i loved that i liked the idea that he'd already been there for a while and so on but it didn't seem to affect his character that much and that's where if i'm going to get into the rom-com stuff like that's where that really felt like I, I, I have a problem with comedies and comedians in general. Not like a problem. I hate them all. No, just like I, I don't, I'm not, a, it doesn't work. For I me. see them walking towards me on the street. I cross like, it. Cross the street. Get away cross from those guys. Street. I don't want to get near them. Um, no, I, I, I just don't. Comedy, just for whatever reason, it doesn't really hit me. I find movies that aren't comedic funny. Yeah. Like we're going to talk about Possessor and stuff in that made me laugh. Yeah. It's, I mean, whether or not it's supposed to, but yeah, but you enjoyed Extreme Job and that, right? Was and, and that's a comedy. So, it, but it's really hit or miss with me, and I have very little concept of what works or what doesn't. Like, I laughed at that that dumb Jackie Chan movie too, right? So, like, I don't know. But Andy Samberg is a guy from my childhood, basically from my teenage years. Like, he was it was Lonely Island, you know the, you know lazy sunday and like what a dick in a box i think was them too i and, love them the michael bolton right Jack there's Sparrow. i think is is are they the on the boat guys did they do that yeah one? I, I bought a yacht i bought a yes. boat or whatever yeah yeah anyways so i kind of like i like his version his sketch stuff he's really good at doing simple short form things that are clever and cute and funny but don't really they're not really meant to like challenge your brain they're just like yeah. clever smart little things and this is like there's a lot of clever smart little bits in it yeah but it doesn't quite add up to a whole thing i'm not yeah. sure if he just hasn't hit his stride and maybe there's more andy samberg stuff out there that's good i've heard of a, of one or two things that are supposed to be really good that he's done I don't know. What, well, I'm not a big. He didn't write sewer. this, and the person who wrote this you, isn't hyperlinked on. Um, right. So Wikipedia, I mean, so so maybe I'm maybe I'm looking at the wrong things here. Maybe it's not really that, but like I just feel like the stuff that Andy Samberg ends up being in, and in fact, we're going to talk about another thing that I watched that was was I think more directly made by him. Um, it had his production company. It had Andy Island Lonely Island Productions attached to this. That's why I thought he wrote it. But you're right, he didn't. Anyway, so it's like I, I'm kind of left with like, I don't know, Andy Samberg. I'm not quite sure I get you. I don't get a lot of comedians like, yeah. And, and we we occasionally watch movie like, like but, okay. I like, especially but, in the last decade or two. Like I I don't know I don't know. It's fine. I recently discovered a few friends have not seen Beverly Hills Cop, and I'm like reeling from the reality that I now live in. But like we could argue for forever about whether comedy or drama has to be better written. And I think it's a stupid conversation, but comedy needs to be well-written. Your characters need to have depth and consistency. They yeah. don't have to, it can, but it can be funny, <laughs> like, but the, but that, you know, he's this kind of nihilistic guy who, who's been there so long. He can't like, there needs to be some, like, and there was in places, but it, it just was inconsistent. So anyway, so let me get on. So the rom-com would be mostly that the character, like if, if, if this is going to be a rom-com, um, we need to really see them fall in love. And instead there's a montage, which is my least favorite rom-com. Yeah. And this is hardly the first movie to do it, but like putting music over people smiling doesn't equal a love match. Like, <laughs> it just doesn't work for me. Yeah. And there, again, it, it's, it kind of worked. There's like the seeds of like, we find out eventually that he lied to her and he slept with her a ton of times. So was he in love with her before? I don't know. I wish they'd actually written that in. Like 
there's yeah. the seeds of when when he's finally like I love you and going with you I'm kind of unconvinced I'm kind of like I don't know why like there there's almost like a throwaway line about how like we really know each other really well now for having spent this much time together but it's like well it would have been nice to see a scene where in the wedding even like they act like we see him rescue her early on yeah. in the first scene because he's been through this a million times and he saves her from having to give the speech yeah. but like there's almost never another moment like there should have been more like it kind of worked there were the seeds of something but they didn't blossom and bloom into a beautiful flower and that's where that's where to me this movie kind of worked I kind of enjoyed it but it kind of disappointed me and it's hard because when you're disappointed that can kind of overshadow the good qualities and I think it's still uh, light and fluffy I, and fun but those seeds of something bigger make me feel this like is, this is almost it like it could have been something better and it wasn't this this is and people of... are gonna think I like it because it's a rom-com time loop movie and it's like I think I'd rather watch Happy Death Day honestly so I need to watch and I like Andy Samberg just fine but yeah Yeah. I mean there's a different skill to doing a two hour long comedy than doing a five minute sketch yeah and and one is I'm not saying one is better or easier or harder but it is a different it is a different piece and it has to be approached differently yeah, and I really don't know anything about Andy Samberg and comedies. I've just seen a little bit more of his stuff than some other people. I, I don't know. Uh, here's a here's a here's a. Uh, so they they, I so ha- happiest season. Like I think I probably liked Happiest Season more than you, like or I liked it similarly. I just think for Happiest Season and for this, I didn't really have any expectations. Mm-hmm. I I think I, I think that's the big difference. Like we probably like it about the same. It's just that you're disappointed in this and happy in season. And I was fine with happy season and I was fine with this. Yeah. You know, I wasn't really expecting much of anything. I, you know, they're not my genres. You know, I don't really come in with like, well, if it's it's a sci-fi movie, but it's this kind of sci-fi movie, is it gonna do this dumb thing all right that I've already seen? Is it gonna do this? You know. So I kind of, I think I'm almost left with a, maybe a slightly better feeling. Cause like, eh, I had a fun hour and 30 minutes, you know? Yeah, no, I get that. I mean, and to talk about the things I liked, you know, I, I did like that he'd been in it already. And I mean, it was pretty obvious it wasn't, but it, yeah. you, it also was revealed fairly quickly. I like that they kind of explored the existential nihilistic aspects, even though I wish they'd explored it more. I liked the scene where she and him, I like that they kind of explored what they could do with their day. Yeah. you know and um um to the point where you know they they go camping and they they seem to get high on mushrooms and see dinosaurs and stuff like that like it had some right. you say there are some good bits i thought it was really good at just lambasting the kind of boho silliness of having a, a palm springs wedding with that ridiculous like quasi dream catcher thing in the back like it, it was pretty right. on point about the kind of vapidness of those people it yeah. just seemed hesitant to really explore it in a comedic way so you know i liked all those aspects of it i just wish it had been a little it, it wasn't really interesting it wasn't little. really interesting it, it should have been better written but it wasn't really interested in being that pointed either like it yeah it doesn't really poke too hard at anybody. Yeah, but also, like, why not live the same day over and over again? I mean, you can't travel as much, but, you know, and, and for her, there was an answer to that that was kind of, you know, but I never, 
it was I wanted to feel a little more anyway I think I've kind of covered everything I had to say about yeah that. I should probably be a little specific I noticed you being specific there so I should be specific <laughs> too I like that we start in and media res or whatever like <laughs> in the middle of the time loop there's there's an episode of dark matter which is this sci-fi show that probably nobody watched um where we start the a time loop with somebody already going through all of it and I kind of like that approach um I like I, I like her her deal. I like that she does use science to solve it. It isn't really work, but that's good. I like that Andy Samberg is like kind of just trying a bunch of different things and like he's slept with some different people. He sleeps with he sleeps with a guy in it and it didn't feel sometimes you know the, there's the whole like in an effort to be like I don't know liberal there's like sleeping with men jokes, men sleeping with men jokes, but it ends mm-hmm. up being kind of mean-spirited or kind of stupid. And it ends up being just as bad as if like you were being homophobic. But this one was just felt like ah, Andy Samberg's just, you know, he's just trying things. He's, you know, yeah. open to sexual experiences. And I kind of appreciated that kind of, you know, ease with that, that that went by. J.K. Simmons is good. I like him in everything. Yeah. Andy Samberg was good. Um, Kristen. Oh, Kristen Miliotti was good too like i liked all the acting yeah it was was well shot i liked the jump cut from the guy having the fork stabbed in his face to him being fine like that was a nice little jump cut or or match uh, match cut yeah um so so there's again it's there's lots of little fun things and then at the same time you're just sort of they're on there's the whole police scene where like it's actually jk simmons right and i feel like that was their attempt to show but it didn't quite work that was their attempt to show them the two, you know, our, our romantic leads connecting, she kind of does something for him, but it, it doesn't, again, and it's so hard because, you know, they, they give that line where he can't remember what his job was, even though later he remembers he has a dog, and and when you have a character without it, like, it's hard to know a character that can't remember his past, and that's where it would have been nice, if, like, what if he'd been seeking, you know, he slept with her a bunch of times, like, what did that mean? Yeah, no, <laughs> like, that, that's they, did he they, go they, to her for advice. Is she the one that comforted him when he was despaired, even though she didn't know it? But who knows? I mean, who like, knows? They both have that. Like instead, they did silly comedy stuff that that didn't mean anything, and it's like, well, that's fine for a five minute skit. They they both have character and they both take actions. Like Andy Samberg, kind of up for whatever. He's a, he's an easygoing guy, and like we know that, but couldn't tell you a thing about who he is like what his past was like I couldn't give you any like pieces of his character and for um Sarah's character it's like she's a kind of a mess she's not like a like a sloppy mess she's just kind of a mess and she you know she's she's made a lot of poor choices and she just kind of does what comes to her so I could and there's actions that sort of support that but at the same time like there isn't really anything beyond that you know again I couldn't tell you I mean it's it's her family's wedding like it's her sister's wedding so I know more about her family but like so it makes her a deeper character slightly but like I don't know like where did she go to school what was her job I mean there's something about art in there you don't but it just yeah you don't need to know all these things but for this kind of if it's going to be romantic you kind of want to know some of these you You don't need to know these like anything it depends on the movie and the way they're building it but it is stuff where it's like this movie could have had had that in there and it would have added to it, but it didn't. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Shall we move on to uh, yeah, possessor? Yeah, I mean it's it's cute, it's fun. Um, if you're if you're like me and the, this kind of a film should be your jam, you might be a little disappointed. 
All right, so Possessor. For the record, I, I, I unintentionally watched the not, uh, I watched the not uncut version or whatever, which means I missed like a minute that had like a boner in it or something. I don't know. Um, oh. There's there's technically two versions. There's a Possessor and Possessor Uncut, and one is rated R, and one has no rating because that's how the MPAA I'm works. I'm not so sure what I did not see a boner, so maybe that's I did see a penis though. Did you see a penis? I saw a penis briefly. Um, okay. Like I saw like a piece of it. Uh, spoilers, by the way, for Possessor, we're going to spoil the whole thing or anything we talk about. If you hear the name of a movie and you're like, oh no, I don't want that spoiled, hit the pause button and go watch mm -hmm. it or something, or don't worry about it because. You know, if you're not, if you don't care about spoilers, cool. Okay, so Possessor. So I wanted to, I specifically wanted to watch Possessor because I wanted to be able to say that I have now seen a Cronenberg film, but specifically not <laughs> that Cronenberg. I have seen the son of Cronenberg. I think it's Brandon Cronenberg. Um, I believe you're correct. I have not actually seen a David Cronenberg film. However, Videodrome is leaving the Criterion channel. Um, at the end of the month. So it's one of the things I'm probably going to be watching next week while I continue my staycation from work. Um, I have seen David Cronenberg, though I have an issue. There are some other Davids. I mix David Cronenberg up with David Mamet and David Fincher. And as far as I'm concerned, Darren Aronofsky's name, first name should be David, just to complete this entire situation. They make all make very different films from each other, but sometimes I get confused. But I have seen... Scanners, A History of Violence, Eastern Promises. I've seen some of Dead Ringers. I've seen, um, I think he did The Brood. Yes, I've seen that. I, weirdly, I haven't seen The Fly. Um, I haven't seen Videodrome. I haven't seen, oh, I've ha. always wanted to see Crash because it's another one of James Spader doing weird sex shit, but ah. I haven't seen that. Well, apparently everything I just say is nullified. I did not know David Cronenberg had done a history of violence and I have seen that. So Oh no. You, I ruined it. You, all your effort. Actually, I don't think I've actually seen the entirety of a history of violence. I think I've seen like the last You thought hour it was by it. David Fincher, right? It could be by David. That's I, one of the ones that could be by David Fincher because it's a little more um, I thought, yeah, not I thought sci-fi. I was gonna say that doesn't seem like a David Cronenberg to me because mostly I just know like whenever you Definitely see like not a, a David Mamet film though. No. Well, whenever you see like a a a, a, a liquidy, like gelatinous monster, somebody calls it Cronenberg. And so that's literally all I know about his stuff is that he and there's nothing does. like that in a history of violence. No, and I don't think I've seen the entirety of a history of violence. I think I've only seen the last like hour of it so i missed a half hour of it or something okay, so, so my we'll point still, still sort of we'll consider possessor so do you want me to summarize you get to summarize this one so we are going to spoil the crap out of this starting with the summary so and this just recently came out so um there is um this is a world where there's some kind of future tech that allows um a woman to be ported into the um, body of another person and they use this in order to carry out assassinations um, and this story is mostly actually about her transformation the assassin woman um, into being the ultimate assassin through um, kind of this one job that she gets and that's kind of so that's very vague specifically she is sent to murder um, a woman and her father um, while in the body of the woman's boyfriend um, and things don't go quite right. 
and she is having trouble because it seems like she's not killing them the way they're telling her to do it and we see that in an earlier um murder the first one we see and she is supposed to shoot herself in the head in order to as part of the leaving the bodies and she's really struggling with that part um and she also has a husband and a son that she is still emotionally attached to yeah that's a very it's an all over the place synopsis but deal with it i mean this is that is what with the movie uh, I, I would like to say that I have, like Palm Springs, oh, I didn't mention this, but I have actually, I usually try not to hear reviews before I watch movies, but this year has been weird. So I'd heard reviews of this movie and mostly people were saying like the apple doesn't fall far from the tree for Brandon Cronenberg, like it being like a David Cronenberg film. I haven't seen, apparently Brandon Cronenberg did another movie called Antivirus or Antiviral or something, which I've mostly heard, which I looked up and it seemed to have like middling reviews. Possessor, you described it as like a a, 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 a a fun little horrible movie. A nicely something. unpleasant little film, I think is what I called it. Yes, and that is almost exactly what I would say about this movie. Like a nice unpleasant, like nicely unpleasant little film. It, it actually, I think, suffers from the same problem that I think Palm Springs does. Where like, I don't really know that it's shooting for anything big. Like, again, this is a gymnastic, you know, compare, you know, if you can make you know, you have to do certain moves to get certain points. This is probably like not doing the biggest moves. It's kind of, uh, it's, kind, it's kind of doing like, you know, middling to, to, to like hard moves, but not like the super hard stuff. So like at the end of it, I'm like, you know, I don't really have any complaints about this movie. It's just kind of good. Don't know that I, you know, I, I, maybe I could have gotten more if somebody was trying to do something a little deeper with it, but I also really can't complain about it. It's kind of, it's trippy. It's got some neat. Um, it looks really good. I like a lot of the way the characters interact. It's all really uncomfortable, but in like a really enjoyable way. Like this is and and, and there's just kind of an ugliness to it. But like Sean Bean is ugly, and then this character is ugly, and like I kind of like that. I like all the the weird color effects. I like the way that like the body like how they're showing the two mental the two uh people interacting in christopher abbott's body um and this had christopher abbott in it too he was in black bear right? <laughs> yes it was the second we were like wait we've seen yeah, this guy before yeah, recently poor, but... poor christopher abbott is just just he's <laughs> so many personalities he has across two different movies uh anyways and so it's kind of interesting like how that you know this one character is doing this thing to try and help her help uh, uh andrea riseborough um, like help her interact with um, uh, 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 his his make it so that she can take over his body and get out of it and so he like clicks it and that brings Christopher at, and like you see her and the color changes and you see I think her or you see him like that's really neat yeah so like, there's, there's a lot of neat there was blue well, filters that felt like throwback like instead of yeah like they, inst they just did some neat they took advantage of film as a medium, you know, yeah. instead of like trying to write some dialogue, some stupid dialogue there, or instead of doing like weird, like super CG stuff, like it felt a little old school. Yeah. And I, 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 I don't mind CG. I like CG, but often it's overused, uh, especially considering that as far as we've come, you can still often tell when things are CG. Yeah. And I like that they just use kind of simple effects it's, yeah, there was some stuff when she was 
either having trouble as while in this other body or so on where they do like these really quick cuts that were kind of surreal almost made you think yeah well, one there's that one and i enjoy like if you overuse something like that it doesn't work but i enjoyed it is this kind of like disorienting like maybe this is what it's like to be in someone else's body at one point christopher abbott like she's like melting and like you see her melt and unmelt and they probably it's probably just wax it's like literally yeah. wax that's melting or not and it's like that was, I mean, that could have been CGI for all I know, but it didn't look like it. Either way, it looked great. And yeah. there's a point where like her face kind of melts and then Christopher Abbott ends up with like a a, um, a rubber mask of her face, except that it's all distorted. Yeah. And it's like, that could have easily been done with CGI and they didn't, they just made a rubber mask. And I'm like, you know what? I like it this way. I'm sure it would have looked fine with CGI if they'd figured that out. But I like just the practical, you know, the touch, yeah. the, the touch feel. Well, to and it. it had meaning too. It wasn't just to creep you out, although it no. definitely was creepy and weird. But like it, yes. it had to do with um, her kind of disorientation with, with who she was. And yeah, it's, and I, I kind of end up with the, I'm almost a little surprised you enjoyed some of this because it is you sometimes don't like how showy certain directors are and you get, you know, put off by like how much directors are trying to like do with their, their, their visuals. But maybe I've, you know, made you watch enough things that you're sort of becoming more into that, or maybe it just wasn't as, cause like this seems, seemed kind of in your face to me, like with what it was doing with like cinematography and visuals yeah, and but stuff you know like what? that. This has, I, I really like this. You haven't let me talk too much. So I know I really... I've done it. I'm, <laughs> I did it. <laughs> I really like this movie. I definitely like it more than Palm Springs. I don't know if that's a factor of just, you know, Palm Springs being a kind of movie that I have more hope for. <laughs> like the Zester, <laughs> I kind of went in. Yeah. Um, it does have kind of that creepy, unpleasant feel that you definitely get in Cronenberg films, but it also made me think of Under the Skin. It made me think of Enemy. It made me think of Ex Machina. You know, it's these... Um, yeah. And you were talking about there kind of not being enough, but I like... Again, like, you know, when I say I like something doesn't mean I want every film to be like that, but I want, I think we were talking recently about like John Carpenter films and how you'll have this like very simple premise that just kind of gets explored. Like here we have like this like world altering technology potentially, but we're just exploring it in this little story. And I like that kind of a thing. I like it when it's a really simple little story. And when you have that, you know, your, your visual effects can kind of get out there and weird because you're not, you know, it's not 2001, although I like 2001, but like, yeah, I mean, the, I don't like Ex Machina that much compared to other people. But other than that, you know, I like these like enemy and these kind of like small little, very in, like, it's it's really kind of an exploration of the Andrea Riseborough character. Yeah, um, you recognize her from Nancy, right? Like, well, Nancy and also uh, the she's one she's been with, in a lot of stuff. But she was in that one with Nicolas Cage. The name is escaping me right Mandy. now. Mandy. Yes, I, I fell also... asleep for Mandy, which is not a statement of whether I liked it or not. I just fall asleep during movies sometimes. It's a thing. Andrea Riseborough. I don't know what she did before the last couple of years, but the last couple of years, she's apparently mostly, I mean, like the three things I've seen her in have been like weird trippy shit. And it's like, yeah. okay, if that's what you're into. Yeah. You no, and I like her. So it's, it's this, I like that kind of thing. I like when you have some crazy technology, something really weird or so on, but it's 
what you're actually exploring is one person. This, so that's is, kind of where that worked for me. I mean, I really like the author Murakami and I feel like he's got, you know, he'll have these men in these strange worlds, but it's, you know, it's more about these lonely, isolated Japanese men than it is about these strange worlds, you know, whereas like hard sci-fi, I'm not that interested in exploring I'm mixed on horror sci-fi. Well, I have two things before you can keep talking, but I want to bring things into this. One is I like sci-fi too. And this movie is ultimately to me a sci-fi movie. And mm -hmm. I didn't really realize that. And it's like, this is a really neat little sci-fi movie. And I just, I don't, you know, I'm always looking for the sci-fi movie. Uh, and the second thing is you haven't mentioned it, but this kind of reminded me, you're talking about like, you don't need all movies to be like this, a field in England, mm. you know, it's that, that's a, you know, a, a historical fantasy, you know, what and was it's, the it's, one with the um, the guy you like, um, Patterson? What was the space one? Oh, High Life? No, yeah, High Life, right? Yeah, there's yeah. that one too. Yeah, and just these, it's these, it's like, I guess it's low budget sci-fi or something. It's just these these little stories. And when I say little, I don't mean it like quantit, like little as in not very like i just right. mean the scope of the story is a smaller scope no, the world isn't in peril the, the yeah <laughs> this this is a story about a woman trying to to an assassin trying to put on a hit you know yeah like i like i i like those things so as, I, a, as I, ben wheatley the director of field in england did have a special thanks in the possessor which i oh, just did he yeah oh, i caught that i caught that it was going but as it was going by and i'm like oh, i wonder if sarah noticed that no uh, i didn't i missed that well, something that's kind of interesting about this is like from the beginning of Possessor, you know, there, this isn't a movie where like I felt a lot of emotions. It's not that kind of movie. This is a cerebral right. movie where it's like you need to think about things. And right. part of that is like from the beginning, like Andrea Riseborough is an assassin and like she murders people. That's bad. I think most of us are not interested in assassins, you know, as a yeah. concept. I mean, by most of us, I mean, you and me and some number of people like assassins, right. bad. Don't not not yeah. into that. Um, and so like, you're never supposed to sympathize or empathize with her and be like that, but you are like, it is an exploration of like her character and a certain kind of intellect. Like it is, you know, she has trouble getting out of the body. Like, right. why is that? Why does she, why is she having trouble doing that? You know, why? Right. And I was way more interested in that kind of dissociation, alienation. I mean, I mentioned Murakami earlier. That's what all this yeah. was about. Like more than the murder, some of the violence got a little gory for my not for my taste. I don't mind gore. Like one of my things that Scanners disappointed me, David Cronenberg's film was like, they had this amazing gory moment at the first like 10 minutes and then nothing quite compared after that. But the, the only the thing... kind of movie it was, it was a little like. I, I do know Scanners has that one thing in it. Like that's the only thing I know about it. That it's right it's... at the beginning. And after that, it's just a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so something about this that's interesting about Possessor is like it is about disassociation, but it's almost it's not suggesting it's a good thing, but it's really, a, as you say, it's about her becoming the ultimate assassin. And one of the reasons she seems to have trouble getting out of the bodies is she almost doesn't want to go back to her life. Mm -hmm. Like it's all a show, like like she feels like she needs to have this family that, you know, this this, this her, you know, her ex-husband. Like I think they're divorced. Um, they're the separated, separated. And she has a kid. But like maybe she's having trouble going back because of them and like the whole i mean as the movie goes on ultimately she ends up killing her husband and you know killing, killing her, her son 
and it's like almost like the Christopher, you know, Abbott character is like caught in there with her. And like, is she doing, is he doing it as revenge or is he doing it because that's what she wants? You know, it's kind of hard to tell how their, their minds are linked. Yeah. And it's really interesting, like as an exploration of like, she's trying to disassociate and maybe she does need her, her husband and her, her kid to, to get out of the picture. And now she really can just focus right. on her job the way she wants to. Right. Is there even something kind of feminist about that? I mean, I, I don't really, it, it doesn't, I mean. I didn't this, feel that way, but I didn't, I'd have to think about it more. I mean, you know, I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't think Brandon Cronenberg was going for this. This doesn't feel particularly gendered as far as a movie goes, but like, it just, I, I'm, you know, something I'm wondering about. And as a side note to this, uh, the the husband is actually played by a Sutherland, which. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's, it's not, not Kiefer. It's, it's, it's apparently Rossif well, Sutherland. I just wanted to bring that up because Donald Sutherland comes up later for me. Anyways. Um, so yeah, so I, I don't know. There's this is just a really neat movie, and it's got a lot of really neat stuff in it. And like, I almost like want to talk about specifics. And I feel like I've been specific enough to sort of draw these attention to things. But again, it's just like the color and the, the music. Like the music, I really like the music in this kind of yeah. just like it's not doing too much in a weird way. The music is almost lighter than the color, but like I just really like the music and all of it. It's just that's a very well, and that's where, like I said, it makes me think of anime and under the skin it's kind of slow and moody and i i love yeah. that feeling yeah um and I, I i like the ending i thought you know i've been kind of thinking about endings lately i'm writing a book and endings are hard to write yeah. um and you know one of my complaints about um happiest season was that like there was no comedic punchline to the plot you know and i think comedies struggle with that and it's hard and yeah. I made you watch a movie that we'll mention briefly later that I felt like had a good comedic punchline for the movie it was. I agree. You know, and endings don't need to be surprising. And I feel like that, I mean, you're, they say it's supposed to be surprising, but inevitable, but like, good luck. I mean, I don't care if I can predict <laughs> the ending as long as it's a satisfying ending. And I, yeah. I didn't predict this ending. I think you could predict this ending. I, I predicted the ending, but like, I, it's... Again, as you say, it's like, it kind of doesn't matter. Like I, I more or less wanted it to go that way. You know? Like in, in a dramatic, dark, depressing way, it was the right punchline. Exactly. You know? yeah. Like, you know, to, to what the story was. And I, I that felt very satisfying, even though exactly, you know, yeah. it's, it's not a like a happy ending. It's hard anything. to talk about and be like, well, I was satisfied and I enjoyed this and it was good and it made me smile. And it's like, well, but it's about an assassin who murders people and her family dies. But like, it's it's satisfying yeah. in the sense of like, none of this is real. It's a movie. It's all fake yeah. blood. Nobody died. <laughs> right. So but you were talking with Palm Springs about how, you know, you can, you can only, the way they score gymnastics, you have to do a, yeah. you know, you could execute five things perfectly but you're only going to get so much of a score because yeah you know you needed to do 10 things perfectly to get a higher score like right it feels like this is more like an an eight you know like yeah they, and i, I kind I, of yeah. executed it more perfectly than Palm yeah because because that was weird to me like this happens like sometimes i see a movie and i'm like i don't really have any problems with that like some of the marvel movies are kind of like that where like they shoot for a five they hit a five like i don't really have a bunch of problems with them necessarily yeah. you know Possessor and Palm Springs, you know, they kind of both shot for their their scores and they hit them. Like Possessor in yeah. particular, I think Palm Springs has some more issues. Right. But I like Possessor more than Palm Springs. But Possessor, like, I don't really, you know, it's like I'm trying to think, like, you know, I could think of ways of changing it just as a thought exercise of like how would you change it to make it work differently or like make it better in your mind or whatever. And it's like with Possessor, I don't know. Like, 
I don't really have anything like that. Maybe, I mean, I, it's yeah, not, it's, it's just a good movie. It's just a good movie. Yeah, it's just a good movie. I, I would recommend it to anybody who likes this kind of movie. <laughs> yeah, totally. I agree. <laughs> I think that covers it, right? I, I, I don't think have that any... covers it for me. I don't need to get it. I feel like I talked over you a bunch in this one. I'm, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or, or I talked. I and talked I just enough. remembered something I wanted to complain about with Palm Springs, but too late now. So too anyway, late now. <laughs> I'll tell you later. All right. Okay, so uh, you had me watch The Pervert's Guide to Ideology, which is a 2012 documentary. It's almost yes. like a lecture. It's and almost we're gonna, a lecture. We're going to spoil the heck out of this long lecture by an um, Eastern European man. Um, and, and this is our third movie that starts with a P. I'm just putting that out there. Right. Um, uh, Slovenian. He's Slovenian. Philosopher and psychoanalytical theorist. Slav... Oh, man. Slavaj Zizek, we will say. Yeah, it's. I'm sure that's not correct. Uh, we apologize. We're not... We're not necessarily that. That's a tough one. I'm not versed in Slovenian, um, so yeah. Technically, this is a follow-up to a movie called *The Pervert's Guide to Cinema*, which is from like six years prior, or at least. I wish it's... it were *A Pervert's Guide to Film*. Film. He says the word <laughs> "film," "film," and it's adorable. Yeah, it's. I mean, I might maybe that's the uh, mm-hmm. Slovakian word for it. I don't know. Uh, I, I couldn't. T- I don't know what actual language he speaks because he he talked about Yugoslavia because he's an older gentleman and he talked about former Yugoslavia a few times. So yeah, which apparently he when he grew up it was still Yugoslavia. Um, yeah. Anyways, so you had me watch this and I will do the synopsis for it. Uh, spoilers again, as you said, uh, <laughs> this is a movie that is just a man basically just talking about the philosophy, his different philosophies of how film informs ideology and like ideology is a complicated idea (laughs) is a complicated thing and basically an ideology is something where like you go about your life and you do things and you do them in a certain way and you don't even know that you're doing them in a certain way and that's an ideology like you just believe a thing is true and you don't question it right that's become an ideology and so he's talking about like different parts of films that you aren't really questioning or different ways films. He uses kinder eggs to the, the um, chocolate right. egg things to... To illustrate certain <laughs> mark like... No, to illustrate ideology. That's to like, illustrate ideology. The ideology is the, the chocolate around the, yeah. the, the core kind of a thing. Well, and it's like it's the perfect product because it's, you know, this and the inside is what you're really... In, right. Anyways, uh, this is a movie that I will have to watch again. Just going to put that out there. I definitely did. And you've watched it several times now and you're still figuring things out, I think. This is the second time I've watched it all the way through. Got it. It's, he, he basically, he, I want to, okay, I have a small thing to say. He starts by talking about They Live. Spoilers for They Live. Spoilers for anything we talk about. Right. They Live is a John Carpenter film starring uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper uh, and also Keith, uh, Keith Davis. Keith Davis, yeah. Um, and a couple other people. But it's about like basically all the hidden messaging that exists in the world. And like eventually Rowdy Roddy Piper puts on these glasses and like a billboard that has like a pretty woman on it and like an ad for something. He puts it on and it says like Mary and Procreate. Mary and, so and every... Reproduce, it turns out, because I have been getting that wrong, but it's fine. It's close enough. Whatever. Mary and Reproduce. <laughs> Uh, uh, and, and it has uh, Obey, which is Obey where is, Shepard, Ferry, and those guys got the Obey stuff that, from. That's the most famous part of it is the Obey part. But he talks about that and how, like, it's this masterpiece and this, like, somehow Hollywood made it and, like, th- that whole thing. And I, I thought that 
that are, that set the tone for me kind of because yeah. I started laughing at that point because They Live is a good movie. It's yeah. not a, I don't think of it as a masterpiece. I would say mm -hmm. The Thing or something else might be like a better masterpiece from John Carpenter. They Live is a good movie. <laughs> I uh, love They Live. But yeah, it, as, as, a, as a film, it... Um... Yeah, it's it, it sort of, it sets, it sets the tone for me where I'm like, okay, this man is going to tell me things and I'm going to be very suspect of them because <laughs> he's definitely biased, missing... but he's not, but he's not stupid or anything yeah. like that. And then he starts going into some really deep concepts. And all the while, while he's doing this, he is, he's in, he, he's doing them as if he were on the sets of these movies. Right. He's on the set of They Live Near a Dumpster. He's, yeah. He, in Taxi Driver, laying down on the cot, which is probably yeah. the funniest one. I think in Titanic, he's in the water or something. Yes. Oh, he's on a. He's on a. He's on the um one of the lifeboats. He's on one of the lifeboats. So like he. So it's it's very clever and interesting, and it's kind of a fun way to do it. Right. It's tongue in cheek. It's which makes yeah. it a little less dry. Yeah. So it ends up being kind of a fun documentary about really complicated stuff where I'm totally like amused that we're starting off with like, they live as a masterpiece. Well, what you're missing Anyways. too is that he specifically references that they live has an endless scene between Keith Davis and Roddy Roddy Piper where they are right. just punching each other in an alleyway and it goes on and on and on. It like <laughs> it is really long. And his point for that is that Keith Davis doesn't want to put the glasses on and it's and to him this symbolizes how hard it is to to remove the ideology that you live with you know right. and that it's something you don't want to do and so on and that's right. why the scene is so long and that's what the scene means and and you yeah. said that it was one of the best explanations you'd heard for that I had never you. that scene to me had always been too long and just very <laughs> silly and made yeah. no sense and it is the only explanation <laughs> I have ever heard not that I go searching for this, but it is the explanation I've heard that makes the most sense. Yeah. And so, you know what? Points to you, uh, <laughs> Slavoj Zizek. Yeah. Points to you. You've made They Live make sense to me. Well, and so do you, is it, do you want me to go? Do you have more go to ahead. say? Go ahead. That was my, I, that was we my We are whole... talking over each other some this time. I don't, I don't want to say I don't agree with, I mean, you, we don't need to agree with what people say. Like he, he yeah. has a point of view he's expressing. Yeah. Um, I like though that I've been I've been watching all these Korean dramas and I've been specifically watching some of the more conservative ones and they all have a very strong marry and reproduce message right. and that's fine and I don't mind that it's just good to, it's good to question what you're seeing it's good to question you hate question. it when it's in a movie but you're fine with it in these Korean dramas well because I'm getting something else from them. It's more complicated than that. And if, if I could say anything about him, like occasionally he gets very simplistic about stuff. Um, but, I, you know, it, it's good to, to, you know, to understand. And a lot of what he has to talk about is um, kind of groups making yourself, you know, he, he references um, the riots in England at the time and, and stuff that seems very relevant right. now about, you know, the, these kind of, I think that's where his stuff is kind of important politically, where it's like, question what people are trying to sell you. Question if one group of people is being scapegoated, you know, if, if we're yeah. just, in his case, it's like the unwed mother is being blamed for everything. You know, we're, we talk a lot now about the systems of inequality that exist, you know, and, and that the yeah. problem isn't, single black mothers you know or something right. like that the problem is this the 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 
the racist system that we have. And I, I can't, I have to imagine he approves of that because, yeah, you know, that kind of goes in with what he's saying. But as far as the mood, the, the film itself goes, I kind of enjoy it more when he is kind of critiquing the films more closely rather than using the film as an example for something. So when he talks about they live and talking about that, when he talks about Titanic and how Titanic ultimately does what a lot we've seen happen in a lot of movies where poor people live and die so that a rich person can learn something. Yeah. Um, you know, we see a lot of minorities. We, we see a lot of wives die so that like this, this white male, this privileged white man, this wealthy, you know, can, can yeah. learn something like, so yeah. when he, you know, and, but to me, you know, personally like you can still like titanic even though it ha like well, yeah. we all get I mean, different things from art and it's movies are personal. problematic we like them i like gone with the wind i get it there are issues but so. it's important when you look at a bigger story like the political world where you're actually trying to change things and i think the stories we tell are important and so on so i i like him for that reason i in my mind he's very tied together with los angeles plays itself because i think they both ultimately talk about getting past this kind of yeah getting past this layer of like um totally i totally see what you're going with this yeah you know um it's about LA more itself, than just guy talks about the cynicism of, of la confidential i love la confidential but i know what he means when he talks about the cynicism wherein the only way for the world to survive for wherein well in la confidential it's that you know, there's this this lie at the core, you know, whereas the reality is that the people can make a difference, right? And I forget what film they talk about in the Dark Knight. Dark Knight, you're right. Where, you know, it, the good guys tell a lie in order to maintain order. And that's a very cynical way of looking at things rather than like the people, you know, and he's got atheistic, communistic background. And, and obviously that informs his point of view and what he's saying but i find that you know interesting and and in la plays in itself he talks about all the stories in los angeles that that don't get told you know that they're they're huge i mean los angeles is such a city of of many different kinds of people and yet the films tend to focus on like the wealthier white people and yeah and so that kind of stuff and i think I think I like Los Angeles plays itself more than Pervert's Guide to Ideology if it comes down to it. But I do like the kind of encouragement to think past it really that so that we can maybe tell some of these other stories because I love LA Confidential and we have LA Confidential. So why don't we do, and I think about that a lot in terms of rom-coms because I feel like we have seen 9 million writers in New York <laughs> as and that's why I like the the Korean dramas is because I I think they they are they are also limited but they have more variety than you see in well that's that produced by the United States and you and I make a specific England and stuff like that you and I make a specific point of watching films like mm -hmm. that like we try to check our privilege and check our like our bubble right. that we live in right we we're we're, right. we're Angelinos <laughs> on the West Coast we're liberal you know Democrat haven this you know we have a bubble right. we live in but. There's that doesn't mean we don't miss a lot of. I mean that means that um, that almost means we miss more things sometimes because we're not paying attention. So we like we watch Daughters of the Dust and I you know and I really like that right. movie. And there's movies, new movies out. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and um, 
the 40 year old version that are, I think both black cast, I think they're black, some number of black creatives behind the scene as well. And like, we didn't watch those for this month, but I'm going to watch those at some point. And it's like, we want to make sure like Los Angeles plays itself and the perverse guide to ideology are both kind of like, look past what the movie is doing. Like right. look, at, look at what you're not seeing. Right. So as a part of that, like, you know, we've watched the watermelon woman and it's like all of, a lot of that is about like what you don't see on screen. Cause it's about mm -hmm. trying to find the history. There has to have been, you know, lesbian stars right. there, some of the black women shown in screen were probably lesbians mm -hmm. or some sort of, you know, open sexuality towards more than just, you know, heteronormative. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I, I like Los Angeles plays itself for that reason where it's like, look past what you're seeing on screen. There's right. all these places in LA you're not seeing. And also all these stories you're not seeing partially because you're not seeing these places. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's connected. And right. I, the I, Pervert's Guide to Ideology is also about like, you know, in Titanic, you know, here's the poor people dying for the rich people, you know, here's, you know, Dark Knight is being cynical. Like, what does that right. mean? And, and honestly, when we talk about Dark Knight being cynical, I'm like, is that the like police justification thing where it's like, you have to tell a lie and, and beat up your prisoners and, and go after the black people, you know, as, as a, that's the lie you're telling yourself to make society safer. Like, mm -hmm. is, is that not contributing to that same sort of culture? I love the dark Knight. I don't, I think it's more complicated right. than that, but like, I, I do try to think about that. Like, is that not, you know, a part of the whole, like authority figures telling lies to try and keep things safe. Like, is that not contribute to the problems we have today with the system? Right. So I, I totally, I agree. I ultimately probably like Los Angeles place itself more too. I need to rewatch that, but I do like how much, and I didn't fully understand everything in the pervert's guide to ideology. Right. I agree. He, he goes into um, atheism through Christianity and stuff like that. And it loses me a little having in part yeah. and having not but like, I like how much he's, or anything. I like where he's like trying to ask you to look past it. And even specifically in his example of the sound of music. Yeah. <laughs> that was just that I had never thought about like the song that the the, the mother nun the, the head nun sings and like how it's basically like go have sex and have babies <laughs> well and and to sorry to to finish my point too you so I enjoy more when he talks about they live and when he talks about Titanic and when he kind of talks about the ideology within the film versus like he talks about Jaws very briefly and how the shark kind of symbolizes everything and like stuff like that where he's kind of like using jaws to say something about society and i think he uses west side story to kind of do that too yeah he does where i didn't like those part quite as much and those were a little harder to follow for me but i mean it is the pervert's guide to ideology not the pervert's guide to cinema which i haven't watched so right you know it, it's it that is what it is but yeah i, I just think there's a lot of people out there who will pr present themselves as one thing um, as a way of, of gaining trust, of getting you to do things and so on. And I am a contrary, distrustful person. So I, I like this kind of, I like to look past stuff and, and it can be on a personal level and it can be on a world level. There's, there's a popular, I'm sorry, go ahead. And just to say people of, of all kinds of ideologies, both what we would consider left and right will do this kind of thing. And it, I think it's important to, to be able to evaluate whether someone is performing word magic on you or not. Right. And it's also, it's just something I enjoy. I like pulling films apart and even, you know, just because the, I can see the, 
these Korean dramas I enjoy are a little bit nationalistic, a little bit encouraging women to marry and have babies doesn't mean I can't enjoy the film. Sometimes even the drama. (laughs) But it also, I think, I think if you recognize these things, maybe it helps encourage something different in the future. So I don't know. That's kind of yeah. No, I I totally get that, and I I pretty much the same way. And you you, you're talking about you know left and right politics and stuff. Like there's there's some uh, as as I don't want to get trashed by people in case somebody ever watches this, but like (laughs) there's somebody who's maybe more centrist who who like like sometimes I look at their stuff and I'm like they certainly have their own ideology and way they do things and i'm like i don't think they realize that like that builds its own thing and like they probably really aren't like we're the best and worst judges of ourselves and so i don't think they really realize that they are probably more on a spectrum one way or the other but on top of that i don't think they realize that the way they do it like it presents this false equivalency between like different factions and right and i don't want to go over like who i agree with politically and what we no no but just like i have seen people with whom i actually agree politically present very stupid stuff yeah. because they have not looked past they have not thought about it and right. I, I i find that frustrating as well <laughs> like like it's almost this, i sometimes see like people on these on shows on just things about news and politics like calling the other person a name or saying like oh well look that you know the the whole thing with like i mean i get it the fly on giuliani's head or whatever was funny but like that almost becomes like that's the ideology is like making fun of someone as opposed to like whatever we're actually talking about underneath it. Like, I mean, the politics aside, like, it's just yeah. like, you're focusing on this, the memes or something, as opposed to like, I get it, whatever, right. like well, that, like go, go beyond that. Go, go. People need it to doesn't be matter. Critical, go past that. Critical in this day and age, if they're going to consume mass media. I mean, I all the time seen people like put up an image and say, this just shows and it's like yeah. that is literally one picture <laughs> like yeah. that shows a picture of an incidence of a thing occurring this is almost the problem to back up your ideology dare i say i know we've and gotten a... yeah no we, we have gotten a little we've gotten off track this, my... is, this is why a film like this is important but i don't know who's gonna watch it that doesn't already know <laughs> right no and i i don't know I, I, my last off track thought is this almost reminds me of first reformed mm-hmm. like this was kind of you and my problems with first reformed is like at a certain point that movie just feels like an ideology like yeah i feel like you need to watch that and then watch this to really understand mm-hmm. like why at a certain point like that movie didn't really work for me or for you yeah among yeah. other things but yeah. like you got to really look again i this guy's name is hard Slavoj Zizek Um, he really again I got lost at times but he does a good job of making the points for like Sound of Music and the guy who censored that one song because like if you really look at it and how it does for Christianity and you know all that and like I think that there's a really interesting thing in looking at that and looking past it and looking at like what we're really doing here and so I think if you want to be critical of media, if you want to think about media, and and when I say critical, again, it's not necessarily about saying this good, that bad, but just to right. think about it. I think this is a useful film. A lot of you should be as critical of this film as everything. So a, a lot of my favorite, like this and Lost, um, you don't know me, and uh, Los Angeles <laughs> plays itself. These are all like film essays that like I really enjoy that that are also ultimately documentary movies that could also just be on YouTube. And there's a lot yeah. of stuff on YouTube where like a lot of stuff on YouTube isn't even really about whether it's good or bad. Like usually they'll put that in there because their personality and, you know, their following wants that. But like, it's really about like, 
why did Francis Ford Coppola make these movies? And then he made yeah. these movies and like through yeah. line is all about family. And like, why did these work? And these didn't. And like, he was trying yeah. to do this really neat thing and it didn't work. And then he had to do all these other things. And maybe that's why a lot yeah. of his movies didn't work, you know? So it's like, it's more about like that than it is about like, are they good or bad? Yeah. So anyways, if you listen to it to us this far, then this probably is the kind of movie you'd enjoy. Yes, if you if, if you, you followed if you, along if with you, our, if you're not listening anymore, don't worry about it. Yeah, if, if you if you followed all our ramblings, <laughs> this might be the movie for you. <laughs> all right, shall we do our wrap up? I think so. So we this has actually been two weeks since we recorded. I think I released right. all the videos for the one we did two yeah. weeks ago last week, not the week before, but. So I actually have more movies. I've seen more movies than usual. Um, do you want to go first or shall I go first? What do you want to do? I've seen less movies. Uh, let's, let me go first. So I watched Extreme Job, which is directed by a Korean. It's a Korean film directed by a Korean uh, director who directed a drama that I was watching that was quite clever. And I heard about Extreme Job actually because Kirby... We saw a trailer yeah. for it, or he showed us. A trailer yeah, and, and he yeah. he was interested in it, and it is about um, some policemen who, as a cover, open a fried chicken Korean fried chicken restaurant that does unexpectedly well, and everybody's um, like, "Oh, that's the Breaking Bad plot." It's kind of probably not though. Um, I haven't seen enough of Breaking Bad. Also, this movie is from last year, just so people know. Yes, um, recent, I'm not gonna recent. I'm not gonna spoil it, but I really liked it. It made me think of the movies of the 80s and 90s and that like the bad guys are kind of simple it's just it's just bad they're just bad i feel like you know speaking of christopher nolan who came up earlier like we've gone to this place i like characters to have depth and meaning and you know every villain is the hero of their own story but you know sometimes you just want a bad guy for the good guys to fight against you know and, it, <laughs> and sometimes yeah. we'll just draw a moral line in the sand and say that we're not going to use this movie as as our moral compass in the future and yeah. so it was fun and i thought it had a satisfying conclusion and i really enjoyed it and i made you watch it and you enjoyed it as well i you you did and uh, i'll talk about it now since you're talking about it but yeah. basically it's was just a really good movie i don't know it's 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 kind of it's that thing where it's like almost everything in the movie is a joke it seems like yeah but that doesn't mean it's empty of meaning like that's yeah. one of the problems with like Maybe that's why we've had such some some people claiming that the comedies are dead in the U.S. is we've had a few too many movies where like there hasn't been substance behind the comedy. Yeah, I don't know. But like this was a movie where like there's jokes, but then it's like it's kind of also informing character. But it's informing like who they are. Each other and yeah. They, they, you know, and they're they're a team and, and they care about their jobs, the end, which again. You know, we recently watched a comedy. I'm I'm not going to belabor it, but like it, it, the ending wasn't funny, and it's it's like it to be deep and meaningful. It lost all its comedy. Like this yeah. ending was meaningful and funny. <laughs> yeah, like it had both. The it's one of those movies where you, you get to the end and you're like, oh, this was all set up. There yeah. was a setup for all of this. It all mattered. I feel good about like how we got here and why we're here. And they didn't tell us and they didn't need to wasn't told too early didn't, yeah. didn't like some movies like you know they blow the joke before they get there and this one didn't like it yeah. could have easily yeah. so really it also really made me want to want uh, korean fried chicken yes <laughs> it looks yes. so good <laughs> <laughs> um we also both watched scrooge which yeah. is a 80s um christmas carol 
retelling that um, both you and I get a little tired of Bill Murray playing the same character with, I don't mind actors doing the same character over and over again, because sometimes you're a specialist, you know, sometimes yeah. you're just really good. Yeah. And often they add nuances to that character. Like, yeah. and I do think this was a different fussy man, like learning the value of life and love than maybe Groundhog Day or Lost in Translation or like all, a lot of the Bill Murray characters. But you and I are both a little tired. I, I tend to, character. I tend to like Bill, Bill Murray the most in Wes Anderson movies, I think. Although yeah. I, I enjoy Groundhog Day, but he, Scrooge yeah. was just, it just wasn't. Well, I liked all movie. the '80s stuff, where like the practical co- effects and the costumes, the, and the kind of over the topness. Bobcat yeah. Goldthwait's in it, and I enjoyed him. And it also had a little bit of the wacky morality stuff that that was um, that was in line with with the world it had built, where it was just kind of don't worry about it, like you know, yeah. like people try to kill people, but they still get happy endings, but it's that kind of a movie. And it, you know, the Karen Allen character didn't have much to do because this is, you know, that era, but it, it was fun. It was a fun Christmas movie. Yeah, it's a fun. I, I ultimately enjoyed it, but I don't, I have a lot to say. It's not a Theo movie. It was fun. Yeah. Other I, than that. Carol yeah. Kane beating up Bill Murray in his couple yes, scenes Carol seemed Kane to make fun. everybody it, happy. Led me to showing you some taxi, which I think you'd never seen any taxi, so you had no idea that it had all the actors in it. No clue. Um, it had taxi, which was a TV. Danny series. DeVito, Carol Kane, uh, it um, had Andy uh, Kaufman, um, Tony, uh, Tony Danza, Tony Danza, Ted- Judd Hirsch, um, and um, Christopher Lloyd, right? Christopher Lloyd, yeah. So it had all the it was everybody, <laughs> um. Other than that, I'm still working on Korean dramas. Um, the one I am working on is, is is rich with the patriarchy. But you know, you, you tease me about it, but I, I'm okay with it because I get different characters. The one I'm enjoying that is like, they got to get married and have the baby soon. So grandpa has a reason to live. Like she is this spoiled rich girl and he's this kind of off, like he seems straight laced, but he like, keeps doing kind of off the cuff things and if I could find that anywhere (laughs) and you know like the closest we get to that like well Schitt's Creek um Patrick is a little more straight laced than that but you know like I like high maintenance bitchy people and they don't get to find love without like learning that they have to be kind why do you like high maintenance bitchy people I don't know why you know and I'll, you know, they don't get to find love without getting warmed up or learning to be better people very often. So if I can find them, then they get to, you know, be loved for who they are. I kind of enjoy that, regardless of if they have to marry and have babies by the end of it or not. <laughs> cool. I get it. Uh, should I go into mine now, I guess? Um, I guess the last, I will mention that I, for anyone who actually cares about the Korean dramas, I watched Reply 1988, which I enjoyed. And that's the Reply series is a big one. I have to say the gimmick of the Reply series, and I don't think this is a spoiler because if you know about the Reply series, is that you don't know who the husband is at the end. Like there's a main female character and who's she going to end up with at the end? And I, this led to me having, and maybe I talked about this last time, but I'll just repeat myself. Constant misdirection as a narrative device gets old with me really fast. If, 
if you're going to show certain things, but not other things, so that at the end you can show what we didn't see the whole time, and if you're going to do that over and over and over again, I'm going to get irritated. I like, I, I think I did talk about this last time, so I'll be quick. I like it when there's a secret and some characters know it and some don't, and it takes 20 hours and 20 episodes for them to find out. I don't like it when there's a secret that a bunch of characters know about it, but I don't get to find out about it for 20 episodes. I find that it's it's a very, um, I don't like that as a, as a way of creating suspense in stories when it's used too often. So I'm probably not going to watch any of the other replies, but reply nine, I mean, it is good. It's interesting to see Korea in the eighties. It's interesting to see it hit that feeling of nostalgia. There's an, the, at the end, they talk about, you know, I'm not, I don't want to go back in time, but I kind of wish I could go back to the time when my parents were young and kind of like, right. Just feel that moment which i don't think we're actually as human beings really meant to experience that way but like i understand that feeling and and it it, it and i don't love nostalgia but it does it it, it really captured that feeling of nostalgia and so on. anyway that's it interesting okay that's interesting i, I will eventually watch you, one of these. you could you might like that one but it's not the one i'm gonna have you watch right I did show uh, you a little bit. I did show you that one that made fun of the product placement that yes. was actually directed by the guy that did Extreme Job, and I think, ah, <laughs> I think that was pretty enjoyed. good. That was that was that was excellent. It was very meta. <laughs> okay, so I watched a, a bunch of movies. Um, I'll go over them as quick as I can. I watched Son of Godzilla. That was the next in the Godzilla movies. Did it, he send Godzilla to Earth so that Godzilla could? Oh, now I might be getting. <laughs> <laughs> to turn around go the other direction uh it was um it might be the worst of the godzillas i've seen except for godzilla raids again godzilla raids again was very dull as far as i remember son yeah. of godzilla is at least goofy and i like goofy um there's it's it has minis minizilla i think is what it the son of godzilla ends up getting called minizilla or Millila minila no i don't know minizilla i think it is anyways it was mostly dumb not that interesting i kind of shrug at it yeah. it does have some cool monsters in it as i recall including a giant spider but um yeah i'm glad that i like that you're watching enough of these godzillas to become a connoisseur of godzilla film I'm which coming, is i think what you wanted I, it is basically well it's also it's you know it's one of the i like i like knowing about the big things in culture and i mean these were really really big in japan and even they reached the u.s you know it's that kind of big yeah. it, and this was in the 60s and you know yeah. before like it was easy for that to happen you know yeah anyways um uh then i watched riddick which is the third of the Riddick movies. I have not seen the first or second one. Right. And I shocked you by explaining that I've seen all three. And I don't know why I shocked you, but. Because um... you don't like big budget Hollywood movies. And the Riddick movies, I get it. The first one wasn't, but the other two are. More yeah. You should see the first and second one. The first one is just a good little movie. Um, yeah. You know, it's like a little B movie with Vin Diesel in it. And the second one has Vin Diesel and Judy Dench in it, which is a, a, a pairing I have, you know, I mean, she was in Cats now, which kind of, you know, that, she gets around. But she yeah, gets around. Anyway. Riddick was ultimately kind of fun and stupid. I like some of the creature design. It has Katie Sackhoff in it, which is a personal favorite for me and my girlfriend because we're both Star Galactica fans, the, the, the newer series. Um, I don't know. It was dumb. It was fun. I don't really have a lot to say. <laughs> 
Uh, I watched Destroy All Monsters, which is the next Godzilla after Son of Godzilla. Destroy All Monsters was better. Destroy <laughs> like monsters just start showing up like that you've never heard of. And I'm like, is there like a TV series in Japan that I did that <laughs> happened in between this? Were there toys? Like, where are these guys showing Godzilla up Godzilla starts fighting Bob and you're like, who's Bob? Where did Bob come from? Bob? I Did I, what? Did I miss a movie? I can't have missed a movie. I've got them all in my collection. Uh, anyways, I... I I, I would research it, but I wanted I don't want to spoil anything for myself because it's ultimately still a little fun to have be spoiled or to, okay. to be surprised. So eventually I'll have report on this, but Monsters maybe they were in non-Godzilla movies and they they brought like like a comic book, like the, the Godzilla universe includes other movies that don't have Godzilla in them or something. Yeah. Destroy All Monsters was really neat. It's probably one of the better ones. I don't know like any of the like lore of what's good or bad. Like I I liked Destroy All Monsters a fair bit it's different than the rest of them it's kind of got a different style I, I don't know it was just really neat it, it, it almost it was a different director I think um because there's one director I think Ishiro Honda I think that's his name who did like a bunch of the ones from this era but then there's like a couple that were done by other people and this was I think one done by another person and it's just it's kind of clever there's a piece of it like Monster Island which makes me be like oh so that's where Jurassic Park came from you know, uh, it just, yeah, it ends up being. I think Grant Morrison references that in The Invisibles. Did you ever read The Invisibles? No. I, I might I might have. I think, didn't I borrow that from you or something? No, yeah, I haven't. Anyway. One. Anyways, but so clever. You also have a lot of monsters and there's reasons and things happen and the plot's pretty good. And so it's a pretty solid movie, I thought. Uh, I watched Pygmalion, uh, which was kind of I an also interesting. Watch. Oh, I forgot, you also yeah. watched. You forgot you, also you watched, watched that. My Fair Lady, yeah on my list. so they're both let's just talk about them together actually because they're both the same story um they're both based off of the george bernard or bernard shaw i don't know george yeah. bernard shaw i don't know they're both based <laughs> off of the play um pygmalion is from 1938 i enjoyed it it's a movie from george 38 bernard shaw ah it's all three um I enjoyed it. It's not a great movie. It's a little dry and it doesn't like have any music really. And it's kind of just like a guy being an asshole to. Um, well, it's, a, it's, uh, got, it's, it's got a certain ideology, you might say. And it it's feels got a, like it's selling you it a little. Yeah, bit. it's kind of interesting because this is definitely like it. I mean, I guess spoilers. It's not really a spoiler, but it's almost like a communist kind of socialist movie but it's from the 30s and weirdly you get i think you actually probably have more of those kind of movies from the 30s right than you will basically for any decade until like starting mm -hmm. in the 90s probably or something or the 2000s even now you don't really get a lot like that but it's kind of about like how you, all it takes to be rich is to like act and sound like you're rich yeah. and then like sort of what yeah. goes with that so it's kind of an interesting little story and the pygmalion version was interesting I don't know. I kind of liked it because it's older and it's kind of felt more pointed and it like it had more going with it. But then My Fair Lady is really colorful and there's lots of it's, it's a musical and there's some kind of fun songs and there's it's stylized stylized. So I kind of liked them both for different reason. I didn't love either of them. I think you definitely liked My Fair Lady more. But uh, but yeah, I did like My Fair Lady more just because. I don't like it when um, characters exist so that ideas can be explored as much. I really struggle with that. It's just not my thing. I like um, it more than you, but I also have trouble with it. Um, and, you know, My Fair Lady had a little bit of that um, crazy musical stuff where it's like, 
you know, and the ending, like, it's all going in one direction, but, like, this is the 50s, 60s, or whatever, so it's like, no, you have to, <laughs> so it's like, suddenly, suddenly yeah. the ending doesn't match anything that happened before, and nothing, you know, the, the ideology of it's a little more interesting to me, is what I'm saying. Got it. But yeah, no, those were those were interesting movies. Um, I ultimately enjoyed both. Uh, watched The Bigamist, which is Ida Lupino from 1953, um, or that version, because I think there's been some other Bigamists. But it was interesting. Uh, I liked a bunch of what it was doing. It, it's, it, I wish Ida Lupino had gotten to make it in like the 70s or something. I don't really know the full story behind her, but it was a really well done movie and had a lot of, had a lot of good dialogue and kind of interesting things going on. I almost made wanted you to watch it, but I didn't ultimately think you'd like it that much. Wasn't quite sure there was enough there, but it, 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 I think it pops up on lists of like movies that people really like and like, it's one that's been put forward a bunch. So I don't know. Bigamous. Good movie. I finished Stargate Atlantis. I have now seen all five seasons of Stargate Atlantis. It's not as good as SG one or universe. In my opinion, it's fun. It's, got better writing in a couple seasons than others. Sometimes it gets really stupid. There's some acting that isn't great. It is Jason Momoa before he became really popular with Aquaman and other things and Game of Thrones. So I enjoyed it. I don't really have a lot to say because I don't think there's as much there as there's in other things. It's really the, the Dr. Rodney McKay show at a certain point. Did you rewatch Universe? No. Not yet. I will eventually. But I then watched All Monsters Attack, which is after destroy all monsters all monsters because they attack. were not all destroyed they, they were, were not, not all, destroyed. all destroyed so they can attack now yes this one i also didn't like that much it's ultimately like it centers on a kid this is almost mm. like the prequel movies to me for star wars where like they've they've really made them more like kids movies but not in the way where like everybody can enjoy it like all monsters attack is like a kid movie that not everyone can enjoy there's some stuff that's fun in it but i ultimately kind of like shrugged at it <laughs> Uh, I watched Too Fast, Too Furious, um, which was I didn't realize. Was it Too really... Fast and Too Furious? It was Too Fast and Too Furious. <laughs> like the first one, it's pretty silly. It's, I don't know, it's, they're kind of dumb movie, car porn movies. Like, <laughs> I, I think I, I think probably... it's not for you. I don't it's think it's not it was... for me, but I also like, I kind of am appreciating the Fast and Furious movies. Like, they're not the kind of stupid where like, I'm offended by it. It's just the kind of stupid where like, don't worry about it. We're just doing yeah. fun things. Like, don't think about it. Like, yeah. it's that kind of thing. And it, it, it does it well. Vin Diesel doesn't show up. I didn't realize that he wasn't in some of the oh, Fast and Furious yeah, movies. Yeah. But um, then we rewatched Die Hard, me and my girlfriend, because Christmas movie, that's Die Hard is good. It's a solid, it's a solid action movie from a prior decade, prior era. Um, in fact, it's the same year as Scrooge. I didn't know that. Um, it's good. I like Die Hard. It's not great but maybe it is great. I don't know. It is what it is. I like Die Hard. Uh, then I watched Godzilla versus Hidora. Um, this might be my favorite of the Godzilla movies. So there's the first two Godzilla movies, which are kind of their own thing. I don't like Godzilla Raids again, but I really like the original Godzilla. And then of the, the movies that are a part of this, like tons of Godzilla movie movies, Godzilla versus Hidora might be my favorite. It's the first one from the 70s. And boy, oh boy, you know it's from the 70s. And I put it on the list for you because even though you don't really know Godzilla movies, I just think there's something there that you'll enjoy. 
It is just. Well, you haven't is, told me what I'm watching this week, so you. Have I to haven't. Decide. I don't actually know what I'm going to make you watch this week. Mm -hmm. um, but Godzilla versus Hedorah was great. I recommend it to anybody who wants to watch Godzilla movies. Uh, I watched the Muppet Christmas Carol. I like Muppet movies. It was cute. Um, I didn't know the Christmas Carol story until then, and then later we watched Scrooged. But um, Muppet's Christmas Carol movie was good. Um, it's a Muppet movie, and it has Michael Caine. Uh, there's a, a uh, Jill showed me a meme for it where it's like we're going to be in a Muppet movie you know you can have some fun and Michael Caine is like I'm going to play it utterly serious and with no no winking at the camera and it's like you know what it works I dig it Michael Caine you're great I watched two movies back to back they're part of the 70s horror thing on Criterion Let's Scare Jessica to Death and Don't Look Now they're both excellent they're both really interesting movies I kind of want you to watch both of them I, you've seen pieces of Don't Look Now, I think, right? And I know and the overall story. You should really watch it, and I want to hear like a full opinion on it. Uh, but I'm not going to put it on the list because it's just a classic you should watch. Yeah, um, it's, it's kind of already on a list for me anyway. Yeah, but Let's Scare Jessica to Death is one I definitely want you to watch. So I'm not really going to say a lot about it, but I liked it, and I really want to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't, again, I've already told you, I don't know that you'll love it, but it's it, there's something to it. Right. And then um, I never, I didn't mention this, but we... The only other movie I've got to talk about is The Avengers. Jill had a rough day and she wanted to watch a Marvel movie. So we watched The Avengers. And we don't always tell you because you're a poop and you make fun of us for these things. <laughs> I well, really don't make hard fun of you for it, though. You, you, you're calling you me. You say that. And then, like, I. You call no, me I, you, what happens is. Like that for no, 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 no. We're going to, I get to finish. <laughs> I say, you, what happens is I watch something and something else. And then there's these movies you want me to watch. And then we watch the Avengers or something because Jill's tired or I'm tired or it's something dumb and stupid in the background. And then I tell you, and you're like, really? You're watching the Avengers? Really? Really, Sarah? <laughs> yeah, but what did you say when I said, oh, I've seen all three Riddick films? What did you say? I don't remember. Really? Was it really? yes but, but my really say, was like a surprise say, did you say really or did you my, say really? my really was a surprise really your really is a judgy really oh okay you can tell through the text messages and you're calling me a hypocrite and saying that i would never like these korean things if they were american well okay i didn't say that i said you would this there was a hypocritical nature to what what's going oh, on okay here. and it bothered you you keep bringing it up <laughs> watching marvel movies from me because i don't, don't want, want to be to judged by my big sister who i just want to love me and, and accept me for who <laughs> i am risk my disapproval for you watching i i don't care i really don't i like to give you uh i like to to tease you about things so really yes you don't want to be teased is what you're not sometimes i'm not in them sometimes i'm not in the mood for being teased i think is what it is Anyways, I don't have a problem with the Marvel movies either, for the record. <laughs> like they're fine. I've seen some of them. Yeah, some are better than others. All right, I think that was enough sibling uh, sibling arguing <laughs> for the uh, the viewing audience. This is like that that argument we had before that one one that we didn't record. Remember, I almost wish we had recorded that. Well, that one moment. was a real argument. This well, that yeah, that that was actually us <laughs> people people listening. You can you when you're really close to their sibling and and you have thoughts about movies and these things you really care about. Sometimes you argue about things, and after you're done arguing and you've gotten through it, you're like, we just had like an hour long discussion about a, a movie that not a lot of people have seen from like two decades ago. <laughs> a good movie, for the record. I don't even know. Anyway, Anyways. did you have anything to say about the Avengers? 
No, it's my favorite of the team up movies. I like it more than Infinity War and Endgame. I'm sorry to everybody who's a Marvel fan. Those movies are fine. They're good movies or they're, I don't know, they're fine movies, whatever. It's all fine. We're all it's fine. It's all fine. We're all fine here. Uh, so what are we doing? So uh, if uh, we are watching bad, good movies in the month of January, mm -hmm. uh, at least it'll be in January for anybody listening or viewing at home. Uh, it's We are theming them to be sci-fi, some of which may be very loosely defined as sci-fi. We haven't actually finished our list yet. As soon as we do, I will put it on Instagram or something so that people can follow along and we'll try to tell people when we're watching what. Um, but that is some of what we're going to be watching next week and the weeks going forward is bad, good sci-fi movies. Maybe some of them will just be bad. I don't know. I've looked at a few lists and I'm curious. Um, I'm also probably going to watch like some more of the 70s horror stuff that's leaving the Criterion and I might watch the movies I mentioned earlier, the 40 year old version. And there's this movie called Dick Johnson is dead that I want to watch. And so lots of stuff I want to watch. I'm going to watch whatever you tell me to watch. I, I forgot. Um, I am currently watching what, another one of the unfortunate boy love genre. It's not an unfortunate genre. It's unfortunate that it's been tagged as BL, which stands for boy love, even though this is usually mature consenting adults. Uh, if the genre becomes bigger, I imagine they're going to change it. But I'm actually watching one called, what would this be? Sanju Sai Made Dote Dato Mahotsukunai. No, Mahotsukai ni Nareru Dashi. It's almost harder to read Japanese written out yeah. than in the syllable. I can read um, hiragana um, and I can speak some Japanese. So that translates, oh my God, it translates to like, if you're a 30 year old virgin, you may become a wizard or something like that is the translation. Um, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is like also known as cherry magic, 30 years of virginity can make you a wizard? Exclamation point, question mark. Cherry magic, it seems you can be a witch if you were a virgin until 30 years old. Cherry maho, which is just cherry magic. Okay. Um, which they've spelled multiple ways anyway. Um, it's actually uh, a lot of these dramas are low budget with everything that that entails, unfortunately, but this one is Japanese and I'm enjoying watching something in Japanese again and it's kind of cute and charming and I don't really like fantasy setups for my rom-coms in general, but I'm just going with it. I think you would die of embarrassment watching it. There's a lot of like, because he touches people and he hears their thoughts because he's a 30 year old uh, virgin ooh. and there's a lot of like weirdness from that and so on uh, so I, no, I haven't no, no. finished it yet so i didn't talk about it but i'm gonna finish that but it's also making me feel like maybe the japanese i mean they're different cultures so their their dramas are similar but different to korean dramas like korean dramas almost never have much of an age gap it, it the conservative conservative culture means something different in korea than it does here and i've yeah. noticed that Yes, the women are chaste, like they are here conservatively, but the men are also typically chaste, which I feel like is not something we get here as much. Like, not as much. Um, there's typically not much of an age difference. Like, I was even reading an article that was talking about this couple that got together on a drama, and they're they've stayed together despite their nine year age difference. And like nine years is a significant age difference, but like if you're looking at Hollywood, it's like nothing. I think I like. 
Bruce Will, someone in their like 20 or younger life just popped up on some news feed. So yeah. but meanwhile, one of the Japanese dramas airing right now is specifically about a, a couple with a 20 year age gap. So it's just, you <laughs> know, different, different thing. I mean, if yeah. I looked hard enough, I might be able to find that anyway. So I'm, I might watch a Japanese drama or two, but we'll see. Cool. We'll see. I had that's, an that's how I'm like changing it up a little. Are you <laughs> Going changing? across across the Korean or Japanese sea, or I think, you know, depending on which country you are in, they call it a different thing, but. Yeah, I don't know what that sea is called. Um, well, I should also mention, I didn't mention, I'm still working through Stargate SG-1. And um, I, we've actually been watching Rick and Morty sort of in the background occasionally. It's just a really easy show to throw on. Um, Rick and Morty yeah. is actually pretty pretty fun. It's, it's, it's funny. I don't know, there's some stuff in there that I'm not sure about, but fun. And we are probably going to start watching Dark, the last season, which came out a while ago, but I just need to catch up on. And The Expanse, which came out like a week ago, and I need to watch the latest season for. But um, yeah, I think that covers Did everything for us. Did you watch the last season of Expanse? The, yeah, the previous? Okay. I watched the previous season. Yeah, I've liked every season of The Expanse. I love The Expanse. It's a great show. Um, and yeah, movies. I'm watching more movies for my staycation. I'm watching horror films, and maybe I'll make Jill watch like a, some of the stuff I've already seen. Maybe I'll show her stuff I already know about. Who knows? Yeah. And you've got to figure out what I'm watching. I have to figure out what you're watching, but I have no clue what that is now. Okay. <laughs> cool. All right, well, everybody. We've talked for a very long time. We have. Thank you for joining us. Um, thank if you, you for, made it this far. if you've made it this far, thank you. I hope you enjoyed all the things. Have a good uh, last week of the year, I think, or I guess this will be, I don't know when this is going to post, so maybe you've already had a good last week of the year. Anyways. Have a nice day. Have a nice day. Bye. Bye.